Well, people have been asking me what I am preaching here in the new year, and I have been terrified to not have any idea what I was preaching in the new year. Um, I had actually a bunch of ideas about what I might preach, um, but, but none of them are sort of fleshing out. I was kind of trying to figure that out a little bit. And uh, in the middle of that, I, I went and um, I've been meeting with a friend of mine named Graham Standish. He's come and preached here before. And he's been sort of mentoring me and meeting me for coffee every so often. And one of the things he was talking to me about was, Jordan, what is your ministry really all about? Like, what, what's your philosophy of ministry? He, he was starting to say that kind of where we are as a church, um, you know, there's, there's, there's less, there's, there needs to be less reliance on me and more reliance on people sort of stepping up into different roles. And he said part of the pastor's job then is to have sort of that vision for what the church is really about that he can pass along or she can pass along and that way everybody can do their work sort of under the same banner, if that makes sense to you. So, so we, we, he started asking me a number of questions about my ministry. And, and uh, what we came to was a little phrase, it's in your bulletin, but my ministry is really about to, to ex- helping people to experience acknowledge and respond to God in everything. To experience, acknowledge, and respond to God in everything. And so, um, as, I, as I sort of flesh that out and sort of think about that, I think that's always been my philosophy of ministry, is to help people experience God. Help people have experience, like create experiences, but also help people to uh, see God at work in their own lives, in their own experiences. Helping them to sort of process that, to acknowledge it and think about it, and then live that out. And so uh, that's going to be my theme for this, this really kind of this year of preaching. Instead of a series, it's more of a theme. The theme is experiencing God. And I, so I want to talk about how do we experience God in lots of different ways. And today I'm kind of setting that up. And I want to talk to you about why experience is so important to me. My junior year of high school... My dad, who had been a pastor my whole life, took a new job outside of the church. It was working at a facility, this big sports complex, doing what's called the Leadership Institute. And so what he would do is teach leadership. He would teach teamwork. He would sort of develop uh, with groups um, curriculum that could then help them. But a lot of it was not um, just didactic teaching. It was an experiential education program. And uh, so my dad got into this, and then I started doing some stuff with him, and I got totally hooked, eventually taking over the program, and I still do a little bit of it today. Um, In fact, on the back of your bulletin, there's some pictures. You can see a picture of me in a harness and a helmet standing in front of a climbing wall. That was last summer. I was doing a staff training at a camp. I thought about wearing the harness today, and then I thought, nah, that's a little too experiential. But... Um, so we would run sort of groups through these uh, activities. So what would happen? We'd get a group. It, it would be normally a school group. We did some corporate groups. We did a lot of athletic teams. We would take them through a series of activities. It normally start with some mixers, you know, getting people to know each other, learn each other's names. And then we would steadily build to where they were having to work and more and more uh, together. They'd have to communicate. They'd have to plan, adapt. And then what we would do is just sort of take them through the activity and help them to learn from it. So just to give you a couple of examples, there's a couple pictures in the bulletin. One one that we used to love was low to the ground, and it was a series of cables strung out between trees or telephone poles. 
And you can see some kids on one. I just found that on the internet. It's not my picture. Okay, but you have to work together and you either have to spot each other. So if somebody fell, you would protect them. Or you'd have to sort of help lean on each other and hold each other to get through this series of cables to the other side. There was another one you can see a picture of that was a spider web that, that kind of hung this way. And it was rope or bungee and you had to get your entire group through it. But once you used a hole, you couldn't use that hole anymore. So the problem was there's only so many bottom holes, right? So you had to be strategic about who the bottom people would be and who the last person would not have helped. And then you'd have to start passing people through the web. There's all kinds of safety, all kinds of protection, all kinds of personal boundary stuff you had to work through. And so we would take groups on these kind of experiences. And then if we had a longer time, we would build to normally a larger experience, which would be a rock wall. Or there's a picture sort of in the middle of the bulletin there of a climbing tower. It kind of looks like an hourglass. Uh, it's called an alpine tower, and that's, uh, that is not the one I worked on. That was another picture from the internet. But um, that is like what exact, pretty much exactly what we had. And so the group would then have to control the ropes for each other. So imagine your coworkers, okay? You're climbing and your coworkers are holding the rope and lowering you down off of this thing, right? There's a lot of uh, teamwork, a lot of communication, a lot of trust that we would build. We had another activity where you had to climb up a pole, stand on top of the pole, and then you would jump for a, we had a net, but sometimes it's a ball or sometimes it's a, um, like a trapeze bar handle. And uh, you can see a picture of me doing the karate kid pose on that. Um, that, that is an old picture because you, you now have to wear helmets for those. But back then, you didn't have to wear a helmet. You, I am in a harness, and there's a rope attached. It's all very safe. In fact, that was a big deal. We had to teach all the safety to all this stuff. But so, so the idea was we would get into these experiences, and then we would talk to the group along the way and ask them about their dynamics. And it was amazing to me as I, as I took these groups like a soccer team, um, and I took them onto a ropes course, which you would think has nothing to do with soccer, how many of the group dynamics came with them? Like if there was one really dominant person, trust me, they were dominant when we came over here too. Okay, if there was somebody that didn't work well with others, we could tell that. Okay, some teams would start really slow. I could tell, hey, you guys probably don't do well in the first half of a soccer game, do you? Or a first quarter of a basketball game. Some teams could rise to challenges, but the Steelers are a little like this, right? You can play up for good games, but if you play a bad team, you play poorly, right? And so we would work on these kind of dynamics with all these groups. Uh, I remember one team, it was a basketball team, and I did a series of activities with them. And, and it was so frustrating because every time they would get close to winning, close to succeeding, somebody would mess up on purpose. Okay, so they had a ball and they were trying to move. They had strings attached to a ring that were moving a ball around. And they would purposefully mess up. About the third time they did it, I was mad. You know, like, we're, we're trying to move on to stuff. And they were messing up. And I, I just said to them, like, wow, you know, it, 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 I, I see your strategy. It's much easier to fail on purpose and not try. That way you can say you didn't try rather than actually working at it and then failing because you're not good enough. Like, I, I see what you're doing there. And the group totally paused. And, I, and then I knew, I'd start, I thought, oh, I'm going to get fired. I went too far. <laughs> and uh, they said, we haven't won a game in two years. We have not won a game in two years. And we are scared to try because we're tired of losing. I said, well, trying to lose isn't helping you, is it? 
And so we, we then did a couple more activities where they started, okay, what if we actually did try? And then it was sort of a, the, the ropes first became kind of a laboratory for trying new behaviors. Uh, they actually won a game at the basketball camp and they did a little better that year. Um, but the, the dynamic was there. I remember another group, I was working with a corporate group. It's a manufacturing company right up near the Erie Airport. And, um, and this company was just, they were, they were struggling because they, they had a lot of upset customers. They couldn't figure out why. So we brought them in. We had this game where we would throw objects around. And you, they'd have to go in like a certain order, you know? And then, then we'd do it again in a certain order. And then I would throw a second object in. So there'd be two objects that we'd be all juggling together. And then a third, and it would get crazy. And they got so crazy. They, they were terrible at it. They were just awful, and they would just get rid of the thing before the person that they were throwing to was even looking. And then we had a conversation of like, well, did that work? No, it was a disaster. But as we got to talking, that's exactly what they did as a company. Sales was, talk, was talking to the customer and figuring out what they wanted, but they weren't communicating it to design. Design wasn't communicating well to the builders of the actual products that their customers wanted. And then when the customer got mad, they called customer service that didn't know any of this. They weren't passing. See, so, so the game became a communication activity. That group actually, funny enough, we didn't do a high ropes course. They, we were doing a cooking workshop. So they had a gourmet. We did a gourmet meal. They had to cook together, work together to cook. It was a great experience. Um, but I, I, I just distinctly remember how that dynamic worked and how the experience of that became a great way for them to talk about what was going on in life. One other activity stands out to me. We were at that Alpine Tower, uh, which is where I met my wife, by the way. She came out to the Alpine Tower. I met her at the base of that tower. And uh, it was a group of interns from a, from a church nearby. And we had one girl in the group that was in a wheelchair. She had cerebral palsy. And um, she was the cheerleader for the day. Because you can't, like, if you're in a wheelchair, you can't walk on the cables, right? Like you can't, you can't, it's hard to get you through the spider web. But she was like such a part of the group. She was just cheering and laughing and participating all day. And when we went to the Alpine Tower, uh, that, the big tower, I said, you know, we can pull her up to the top of this. And the group kind of was like, what? I said, yeah, well, we can put her in a harness and we'll put her in a chest harness to hold her up. And then we'll just pull her safely to the top. And then as the afternoon went on, because it was a full day, as the afternoon went on and we got more comfortable on the tower, the group started talking to me about, hey, how would we get her to the top? And eventually we did it. We, so we got in a harness, we pulled her right out of her wheelchair, all the way up to the top of this tower, 50 feet in the air. And, the, and this girl who was laughing and giggling, and all the time, she, all the time she was like this, I knew her, okay? She was totally silent the whole time. And when she got down and we'd sort of processed for the day like we did, we talked about what we were learning and what was going on, we said, we said, Amy, what, what, how, why were you so quiet? She said, well, I've never been in the air before. She said, my whole life I've been in my wheelchair, maybe in a lift to get to a bed or to something else. She said, I, I've, but I've never gone a ladder. I've never gone a tree. She said, it was a wild experience. Like, I've never experienced this before. And I remember, I remember experiences like that. and think, at this time in my life, I was getting married. I was starting to have kids. I was starting to really grow in my faith. And I started to think, these are deeply spiritual experiences. Right? The ability to work with people, the ability to face my fears. That's all like, that's, that's spiritual experiences. Why can't people work together? I think it's because of sin. 
Right? I think the answer to a lot of this was Jesus. And I, um, I was studying the scripture and the Bible didn't, for me, the, the Bible didn't seem to me to be about what we know about God. It was really like a whole book about how people were experiencing God. Okay? Most, a lot of the Old Testament, what's the key thing? It's a big camping trip. 40 years in the wilderness where God takes them on an experiential adventure and teaches them stuff. And Jesus was the same way. The part of the Bible is taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience that the Lord is good. And Jesus was like this. He was always doing this wild stuff, like sending these people out on a boat ahead of him. Uh, I'll just catch up. And he comes walking over. Right? And he, he teaches them with, with everyday sort of things. And, and uh, he, he's creating these experiences for them all the time. I mean, we're still telling stories of the experiences of those disciples. Sends them out in Paris to do ministry for themselves. Listen to how the Gospel of Matthew ends. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain on, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I always love that. Some of the disciples doubted. They're still struggling with this. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. It's uh, given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's how Matthew ends. With, a, with an experience. Go. Do it. Not about belief. Not about worship. Not about go be members of a church. Go make disciples. You have work to do. You have places to go. And then what's his reassurance? I am with you. I am with you. What if in our lives Jesus is way more with us than we realize? We, we just haven't seen it. What if in our going about every day we are experiencing God and we don't always recognize it? So, so as I was experiencing God in my own life and doing this rope score stuff, what I, what I realized was, I was increasingly unsatisfied with just talking about teamwork and leadership and not talking about the God piece I thought was underneath of all that. And that's fine. Like, I don't want to say that, you know, working in schools, working with teams, working with businesses, that's all important. But I was called, this is what I realized, I was called to help people experience God. So the tools changed for me. I went to work at a church doing youth ministry and outreach ministry. And then I went to seminary. And then I ended up here. And uh, I don't put you all in harnesses. Okay? We don't walk on a lot of cables or go through a lot of spider webs around here. But what we do is we, we journey through life together. And we try to see if we can experience God and recognize God in our midst. A lot of my sermons are about experiencing God. A lot of how I try to treat meetings. I... I've led trip to Israel, and we go on bus trips, and we eat together on Wonderful Wednesday. And so much of what I have thought about is about experiencing God in our lives. I see myself as a facilitator of experience, both creating experiences where we, we get to experience God, and also helping everybody here, when you leave, experience God out there. When you suffer, God is experienced there. When you have doubts, God is experienced there. When you have joys and celebration and feast and in fast, God is there. Experience God. Recognize it. That means sometimes you have to, like I used to on the ropes course, process. 
debrief. And to step back and sort of talk about it. Right? Try on a new behavior for the next event. See your life as an experience of God. And funny enough, that seems to be a priority for Northminster historically too. This church has a history of creating and, and, and capitalizing on God experiences. In fact, there's, there's been times where this whole church was turned into Bethlehem. And you had to come and you had to experience, you got to experience Bethlehem. You got to experience the Holy Land, like sets and all. You have to find somebody who can remember that to tell you about programs like Let's Go to Bethlehem, where this, the whole basement was set up as different rooms. Like, I, I think there's a value that we all put Part of, part of what our focus is as a church is experiencing God, recognizing that, and responding to it. Whether it's in missions, in worship, fun, family nights, making nut rolls. Like, what if God is in all of it? What if God is right there below the surface of so much of it? And it's our job to recognize it. And I'm convinced that the world needs this too. I'm convinced, you know, we can talk about this, that that people don't go to church anymore. And a lot of you have grandkids that don't go to church anymore. And, and you know neighbors that used to go to church and now they don't go to church. But here's what I'm going to tell you. They're still experiencing God. They're still experiencing stuff. They just don't have a way to process it and to recognize it. And then when it suddenly breaks through, like an NFL football player has a heart attack on national television, and all of a sudden the whole world has their own mortality put in their face, nobody knows what to do with it. Nobody knows what to do with it. And all of a sudden, a um, a guy named Dan Orlovsky got to pray on ESPN. All of a sudden, people sort of realize and the curtain gets pulled back and they're like, oh, there is something more and I need to figure out what that was. There are still these opportunities where the world is experiencing God and needs a place to process that. I believe that's part of our mission. That's what I believe in in ministry is how do we experience God in Bible, in prayer, in forgiveness and all these different things. And so that's what I want to preach this year. I want to preach on experiencing God. And I'm going to do a couple sermons on doubt. I'm going to do a couple sermons on forgiveness. And I'm going to talk about time in a couple weeks. How do we experience God in, in times and seasons? And so that's, but it's going to be the theme rather than the series. In relationships, in stress, in worship, at work. How do we experience God? That's going to be our adventure this year. So I'm going to spend the next couple weeks sort of developing this. And then we're going to dive in for a lot of the year on, on how we do this. But for now, here's my question for you. What have been your experiences of God? Like, think back to your life, the times when God has felt close. The times when you, when you felt like God was there. Was somebody there to help you, guide you, point that out to you? How did you know you were experiencing God? In what ways has God surprised you? In what ways are you experiencing God right now in your life? Maybe it's in suffering. Maybe it's in challenges. But maybe you need to see God in those things. Jesus said, I am with you to the end of the age. Jesus is with you. Let's experience that. Let's recognize that. Let's respond to that. And let's have that be our focus this year in our preaching and in our worship. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.